Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? Great to have you here with us. My name is Grant. Really do appreciate you hanging out with us today. i got a great episode for you today. Today, we are talking about selling on Amazon and selling on eBay and selling online. So maybe you've done some type of selling before. Maybe this is something you've been intrigued by. This has kind of been a hot topic lately, especially selling on Amazon. And so we go straight to the store. So we talked to someone today who has been doing this full-time for a little while now. Her and her husband are making a, a full-time living at this. I actually, as you may know, maybe you've heard me talk about this, and I referenced this in our, our chit-chat today. But actually, several years ago, my wife and I had a, a full-time online eBay business selling purses. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. I feel you judging me right now. That hurts. And it was a fun time, though. I, for a little while, I knew a decent amount about fine, upscale handbags. They're not purses. They're handbags. Okay. We have ventured too far into weird territory. So let's backtrack a little bit here. Let's get into our interview today. We are talking with Jessica LaRue, and she has created a very, very successful business working a very small amount of hours relative to the return where she is buying and selling goods and products primarily through Amazon. So she'll go to a store, she'll find something that's on a clearance, being able to buy it. And it's really just kind of an arbitrage, buy low, sell high type of business that she's running. But it's really cool how she got into it and then how she has built this business today. So also make sure that you stick around For the bonus material, Jessica shares some of her best tips and strategies and tactics for getting started if you are someone who wants to start buying and selling and starting to make a little bit, you know, it's not necessarily that you're trying to replace your income overnight, but you're just, he's like, man, I would love to make a couple hundred extra bucks a month. That would really make a big difference and a big dent in in paying off debt or, or your budget. So Jessica and I, we talk a little bit about that in the bonus round that you can download for free. So let's get right into it, my friends. Here is my chit chat with Jessica LaRue. Enjoy. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by Jessica LaRue, who uh, has made a cool living and a cool business buying and selling goods that she finds all around, physical goods that she finds around town, and uh, selling those through Amazon or eBay or different uh, online stops. So excited to uh, get into her story and journey today. So uh, Jessica, what is up? Welcome to the show. Hi, Grant. Thanks for having me. What kind of buying and selling of stuff are you doing? And you're, you're making a full-time living at this, right? Yeah, we are. We are making more than we ever made working regular jobs, and we have a lot of fun doing it. So what kind of stuff are you buying? Give me some ideas. Okay, so people always think the stuff that we sell is really weird because you can't imagine buying it, but so we sell a lot of health and beauty products is like our number one. So one thing that we're selling right now is Kleenex. And we are selling Kleenex that's colored. So like pink, green, or blue, which you don't see everywhere, but we happen to find it. And so we're selling these boxes of Kleenex for like $8 a piece that we bought for a dollar. I mean, like, so people are like, who would spend $8 on a box of tissue, right? That's the first thing running into my mind. (laughs) And we try not to sell them as singles. So we'll sell them in packs of two for like $16 or a case for like $180. (laughs) I cannot imagine spending $180 on Kleenex that you're blowing your nose into. But apparently people are doing it. Yeah, I think it's like a nostalgia thing because grandparents used to have colored Kleenex and you can't find it anymore. And so people are like, well, I want that pink tissue that you just can't get. Interesting. So that's kind of the weirdest thing we're selling right now. 
But we sell a ton of like personal care items. So we sell face washes, shampoos, body washes, any like specialty toiletry items that gets discontinued. We try and like scoop them up and sell them. So you're buying these at like just normal, like local retail stores or liquidation places or outlets. And and so you're just buying them and turn around and selling them online. Yep. So what we do is we specialize in liquidation stores or discount stores. So these are the places that get products after it's been taken off of a retail shelf and then they send it to like a clearance center. So that's where we like to buy from. Okay. Because what we were doing before is we would buy stuff like from CVS and Walgreens, Rite Aid, places like that off of the clearance shelf. And we would just buy stuff if it was 75% off. And then we would resell it for about retail. Mm -hmm. Then we found out that eventually that stuff leaves that store and goes somewhere else. And so we're like, well, where is that other place that it gets to? And so eventually we found these local liquidation stores. And that's where we do a ton of our shopping now. Because what we're doing is say that Walgreens discontinued an Axe body wash, for example. Right. And it's not very expensive, right? So originally it's like four bucks in the store. And Walgreens would sell it for, say, $1.50 when it goes on clearance. Mm-hmm. So we would find maybe four or five in the store. But at the liquidation store, they get all of them. So like all the Walgreens will send all their stuff back to the manufacturer, back to their hub store, mm-hmm. and then they sell it off in pallets. And so we found the places that were buying the pallets. And so now they'll have a hundred of them that all the stores combined had left over. All the and Axe so, body spray you could imagine. <laughs> right. Yeah, hundreds. And so by that point, it's been off of the shelf for a while. And so people who that's their absolute favorite scent now they're willing to pay a little bit more than the regular retail price. So say, you know, it's $4 to begin with. Maybe we can sell it for 6 or $8. Again, with a Kleenex, so, you know, it's not that much if you're talking about one bottle, but we never do things just as singles. So we'll sell two of them for $25. Yeah. And our cost at these liquidation stores is always at least 70% off. Gotcha. So we bought these for, you know, $1.25. So three bucks sell for 25. Interesting. So that's kind of where we're at. It's not rocket science. It's just buying low, selling high. Exactly. So these liquidation stores, are this like, is this like a, like a big lots or like dollar stores or what, like what kind of stores would these be? So it would be a spinoff of a big lots. So if people can't find the actual liquidation stores that we're talking about, a big lots is a great place to start Mm -hmm. because they do the same concept. They buy out what the manufacturer has left over and then they distribute it to their big lots. But the stores that we're going to, they are mom and pop stores. Okay. So they only have one location usually and they're super hard to find. And this is a thing that we've tried and tried to like really help people find them, but they're just things you kind of stumble upon. Yeah. And you know, they don't do any advertising and they don't have multiple locations. They're not in good neighborhoods. And so you just find them out downtown or whatever. And I would assume too, I mean, that's your source. That's the gold goose. So I don't know that I'd want to help too many people finding <laughs> like, here's the address, go here and talk to Irma. She'll hook you up. Like, well, yeah. you know, what's cool is that I've actually helped a lot of people locally get started selling yeah. and I'll take them with me to those stores. And the crazy thing is, is that 
will always see different things. So I don't know, like if you go shopping with your wife and you're like, okay, well, let's find new plates or something. And you go in, you're both going to look at different plates. Right, right, right. You're in the same aisle, but you're each going to be drawn to something different. Right. And it's the same way when you're looking for inventory is you can go in and you're in the same aisle, but something different is going to speak to you. Well, and I would assume, too, that a big lots or any type of liquidation store, it's a huge store. Not any one person's going to go in and sell. I'm going to resell all of these things. There's a exactly. lot of items there. So even if you just pick out, if you picked out 20 different items in that store, that is a very, very small fraction of what the overall store handles. So, all right, that makes sense. So, all right, let's get into how you got into that. So let's backtrack a little bit. And you and your husband do this business together today, right? We do. What were you guys doing beforehand? So beforehand, we were both working at a retail tile store, like tile exciting. for your house. Yeah, it was super exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I had been selling online on eBay before that while I was still working a regular job and I would just did it for fun money. And so we both worked there. He was a store manager. I was just a regular employee and we just kind of thought this was going to be what we did. You think that if you're going to work, you may as well work somewhere where you can stay for a long time. You have potential for advancing and he already had advanced through the company and that's what we thought we were going to do. But it didn't quite stick that way. So while you guys are working at this tile company, are you enjoying it? Or is it just kind of like, well, I mean, it's good enough and it pays the bills. And so we'll just keep doing this. Or, or what are you kind of thinking? I thought it was something that I could do for a long time because I saw potential. And Cliff saw a whole different world of the business than I did because he was in management. So he didn't enjoy it as much as I did. But I actually left the business before he did because I got laid off whenever the housing market went down. Mm -hmm. And so people weren't building new houses. People weren't spending a ton of money on remodels. And so finally it came down on the chopping block and I was next to go. And so I got let go from a job that my husband was my boss, basically. Wow. And so you think you have security in a job and then you realize there is no such thing as security in a job, right? Yeah. And so it wasn't a plan. There was no plan of like, eventually I don't want to do this anymore and I'm going to have to find something else. And so at that point it was like, well, if this job isn't secure, I am not going back to a regular job. What can I do? When you were laid off there, well, first of all, I'm just curious, like, was your husband involved in it? Was that like, hey, just so you know, honey, I'm going to blindside you tomorrow? Or how that, like, how did that work? No. So that's actually, we've never talked about that really. It was a funny story because we didn't understand what was happening. A few days before it happened, they were like, well, hey, Cliff, we need you to step out and we need you to do a different job for a little while. And so they pulled him out of branch manager and put him more into like a sales like overseeing the sales department. Right. And he's like, okay. And they're just like, we just really need to get sales going with these buyers. And so he's like, okay, whatever. And so he starts to do it. But then it's like, then they bring in somebody else to do the dirty work basically. Mm. And then let me go. And then the next day they're like, oh yeah, you can come back to your other position. <laughs> and at wow. that point he's like, you just let my wife go. You do know that you just took half of our income and how do you expect me to just come right back to my job? But right. they did. And he really had no choice because he was bringing in more money. And at that point, it was the only money that we had. So he went right back into that. So at the time when you're laid off, how much are you doing at that point? Is it just still kind of like this little, because I think we've all had those moments where maybe you sold something on eBay. You're like, oh, that's kind of fun. And so you do it a few more times. But like, are you doing it to a big enough level where you're seeing potential or, or what's the eBay business status <laughs> like at that point? 
So at that point, the eBay business is doing, it was really just off and on. Like if I needed money or I found a really good deal, then I would do it. So I would usually make about $400 at a time. Yeah. So if I found something good, I would just make some extra money. Or if I needed money at Christmas, things like that, just my fun play money. But I knew that there were people who were making full-time incomes at it. And so I thought, okay, well, what can I, I'm just going to try and like make this work and make it replace my income. Yeah. And I didn't have a very big income. So I think people can really relate to me because it's not like we didn't come into this to make six figures. We just came into this or I just came in to make like less than $2,000 a month, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so I thought, okay, well, how can I make this work? And so I took my last paycheck. It was like $800 and I went to thrift stores and garage sales and bought as much stuff as I could. And I just started listing it like crazy. And it took less than a month for me to be able to replace what I was making before on eBay. Wow. Okay. So your last paycheck, which I'm assuming like that's your last, like you got to make that paycheck last. You got to stretch that for, you know, eating and living indoors and like these right. types of things. But you're like, okay, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to spend all 800 of it on stuff that I know is going to sell. But right. uh, I'm just I'm gonna go all in on that stuff, and we well, hope it sells, and hope it sells well enough, and we'll uh, we'll just see what happens. So, did it feel like a, a huge roll of the dice, or did you feel pretty confident that all right, we've got enough of this working that I'm I'm pretty sure if I put 800 into this, <laughs> I'm not gonna lose money. Yeah, I was pretty confident in it because I had been selling for a few years, and I never had those things where I would buy big amounts and they wouldn't sell. And so I knew it was basically, it was just a formula. If it sold before at that price, it would sell again at that price. And so I wasn't selling lots of things like multiples of any one item at that point Mm -hmm. when I left, because I was just buying from thrift stores and garage sales. And so I would buy a stand cake mixer that was still in the box and I would spend maybe $5 on it and sell it for 50. Yeah. So my margins were really good. And I knew that if I could put all this money into inventory, that the return would be huge. And so I knew it wouldn't all sell at once, but it would be enough. I didn't really have that fear. I just thought if there's going to be a time that I'm really going to put something that I'm going to try something new, this is it. Because you're not going to like quit a job like that and then try and start. You always try and start the business while you're working. And then try and build up and do that while you're working another job. And I thought, I don't want to go back to another job and then see if I could have made this work. It's like, let's see if I can make this work. And if not, I'll go find another job. Right. Well, I think that regret piece is so important. And that's something we talk a lot about on the show, that there's two types of regret. There's the things that you do that you wish you hadn't done. And we all have our fair share of stupid. But then there's the things that I didn't do that I wish I had tried. So it sounds like for you, it's kind of it's kind of going, okay, this is a a unique and also rough season, but this is as good a time as any to make it work. And, and, you know, a lot of times we, we talk about there's no perfect time for anything. When's the best time to start a business? When's the best time to quit a job? When's the best time to make a transition? When's the best time to start a family? Like there's no perfect right. time for any of those things. So right. it sounds like for you, it's just kind of like, okay, now is as good a time as any. So let's, let's give this a shot. We've been trying this and there's nothing, it's not going to make the th- anything any worse than right, the, exactly. the current situation. And, you know, of course, at the same time, the housing market's down. There aren't very many jobs out there either. I like the idea, though, even you kind of said this, that it wasn't like 
you just started this idea from scratch and like, all right, I lost my job, so what can we do? Uh, let's just sell some stuff on eBay and see if that works. But it's like you've been playing with this, working with this, trying this, and then I guess in a, almost a serendipitous way, it, the timing worked out in a way where you could say, all right, let's really go in on this. So what happened once you spent that $800? What kind of returns did you make? Did everything sell well and everything go smooth? Yeah, it's so many years ago now to think back about it. But it did. I, I Like I said, I was making what I was making before in just a month or two. And so at that point, I wasn't working very many hours. I was just kind of like kicking back. And people would ask me all the time, like, well, when are you going to get a job? Like, don't you need to get a job? And I'm like, no, people didn't really understand at this point what it means to sell on eBay. Like, they're just like, okay, yeah, you can sell a couple things, but you're not like making enough to live on. Right. So, is so that, are like, are people legitimately like, you're crazy? Like, what are you doing? Like, you've got to think about your family. You got to think about your husband. You got to think this through, and you can't just sell some trinkets online and think that that's going to work. So, is that ever running through your mind? Like, even though I am making money, and even though other people don't get it, enough people are asking me this that maybe I should get a job just in case. Or, <laughs> what, are you worried about that at all? So personally, I wasn't. I don't know how I went into it kind of oblivious, I guess. But but again, I was young, you know, like I'm not even 30 yet. And so I was only like 22, 23 at the point. So it was like, what do I have to lose? It's not like there's not all this stuff above me. And so I just thought if it's going to work, it's going to work. But it did get to the point where so many people were expecting me to find something else that I just kind of stopped talking about it. Yeah people would say, are you still looking for a job or whatever? I would just be like, oh yeah, something. I wouldn't be like, no, I'm not going to. And even years later, sometimes people still ask like, are you ever going to like get a real job? Like, well, sure. Maybe one day. <laughs> at, this point, at this point, you just play along. You're like, yeah, right. yep, someday, someday, maybe we'll see. It's, so, it's easier to smile and nod than to right. explain. Try, try to explain it. Yep. 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 So you, you're doing it for a month or two. You recoup. I guess you, you replace your previous salary. Are you immediately feeling like, okay, if I just keep putting quarters in the top, I'm going to pull out dollars from the bottom? Or are you thinking you're going to ramp this up? Or is it just kind of like, well, let's just keep doing this. It makes some play money. Or what are you kind of thinking the goal would be? Well, at that point, we had decided that, okay, I was making enough that with my income and Cliff's income that we were able to make it. We could pay the bills. And we had talked about having a kid but we knew that I wanted to stay home if we were going to have a kid. And so we just decided that I wasn't going to go back to work and I wasn't really going to try and scale up either, but it would be a perfect time to grow our family. And so that's what our goal was next was we were just going to have a baby and then we were going to live on what we were making. We didn't have, you know, these big goals in mind. Well, and I like, so and I, I like to just to jump, I like that too, that you, and you kind of alluded to this earlier that, that, keeping just your base of income and just standard of living like low makes it really easy to make some of those timing decisions of going like, we don't have to replace six figures. You know, we don't have to pay, pay off, pay for this $600 car payment or this ridiculous mortgage payment that like we can't afford anyway, or pay off all this credit card debt. Like we're already keeping a pretty low cost of living. So it makes it a little easier to try something or to take that next you know stage in life, which in this case would, you know, starting a family. Yeah, exactly. We had very low we didn't have any car payments. We didn't have any credit card debt, nothing like that. So it was like, it's not going to take much to do this. And so we got pregnant right away. And at this point, I was still selling on eBay. And when Aiden came along, I was still selling on eBay a little bit. But I did come to the point where I realized that there is more potential, but I just don't have the time to do it. 
And so with eBay, because I had to ship out all these orders, it's like if I could go out and I could spend more money buying more profitable items that would make more income, then ultimately that meant more hours working because I had to list all the products and I had to make all of the listings on eBay. And then I had to ship out all of those items once they did sell. And so it was kind of a double-edged sword because on one hand I would make more money, but then on the other hand it would take more time. And so it never seemed really scalable to me. Like we were at the point where we were making enough, but there wasn't going to be much potential to make more. And so that's when I kind of started looking to see what else is out there. All right. So you've been doing the eBay stuff for a little while. And like you said, you, you can't really, you get to a point where the, you can't scale it enough to make it work. So how did you begin to make the transition to Amazon? And, and you mentioned kind of this, this FBA and what exactly is that and how does it work and how did it help you guys? So FBA is fulfillment by Amazon, which means that Amazon has warehouses all over the country and you can send your products to them. They'll store them for you. And when they sell, they will ship them for you. And so basically, once you list your items and you send them into Amazon, you don't have to touch them again. So this was really a game changer for us because that meant we could spend one day shipping all this stuff in and then not have to worry about packing it all up individually like I was doing with the eBay business. And at this point, it was still me. It was just me. And I thought, okay, well, what can I do to really scale this up? And so that was the answer. I was going to sell on Amazon and sell more things that were similar items instead of doing the unique items I was doing before. So if you had 100 items, instead of shipping that to 100 individual places, you could ship it to hypothetically one Amazon warehouse and they take care of everything from there. Exactly. And so I switched from doing thrift stores and garage sales and I started looking at the clearance sections of drugstores like I told you about previously. And I was finding so much stuff at 75% off and I was sending it all in. And I was able to start to grow. And at this point, you know, I really didn't talk much about it with my husband. He knew I was bringing in money and that there was enough to cover our bills. But it was never like, okay, well, how much did you make this much? And, you know, did you make enough for this? It was just like, I just kept going and seeing what was happening. What point did he start to get intrigued? Like, okay, I want in on this because this tile thing over here sucks. I had to lay off my wife and I, right. I, I want in on this. I think we can maybe scale this bigger. So at what point did, did that conversation start to take place? So he would come home from work and he would tell me a lot like, I can't stand to be there. I don't want to go in. And, you know, we have a small baby at this point. And he's like, I feel like I'm coming home and it's almost bedtime and all this. And so I'm like, okay. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if I can just make enough to replace his income, we can scale back our expenses and we could live off of it. And so I didn't really tell him like that that was my plan. It was just my plan. And so I started when he would come home from work, then I would go out and I would buy inventory and then I would ship it off whenever Aiden was sleeping during the day. And there was one day that Cliff came home and I had found these Clorox toilet wands. And we'd tell the story a lot. And because it's one of those things like who would buy those online? But I had found them at Big Lots and I spent like six or seven dollars a piece for them. And I bought all that the store had and they just happened to have a ton. So I had like 30 or 40 of them and I shoved them. Clorox toilet bowl cleaners? Yeah. You know, the ones that like go on the end of the stick and you clean them up. That's disgusting, Uh, but yes. Yes. Well, so what happened, I'll give you a little bit of the story on why they were selling for so much. They had changed the formula. And so the new ones that you could buy from Target, 
didn't clean as well as the ones that they had at Big Lots because, uh, you know, the government changes and wants things to be more environmentally friendly, but people want the stuff that works to clean. Well, I didn't know any of that at the time. I just knew that I scanned it and it was selling for over $25 and I could buy it for six, which meant I was going to make more than $12 a piece. Yeah. I load up my little tiny car with all of these things and Aiden's in the middle seat and I got him in the front seat, the back seat and the trunk. And so I get home and Cliff is in, you know, Aiden's already asleep and Cliff comes into the office and he's like looking at all these stacks of toilet bowl cleaners and he's like, okay, well just kind of give me a rundown of what you're doing here. And I'm like, okay, so I need to label these and I bought these all from one store and he's like, okay, so how much did you pay? Cause he's at this point, he knew I needed help because I had so many. And so he's like, what can I do? And I'm like, well, just take the labels off of them. So he's taking off these price stickers that say like six bucks. And he's like, okay, so these are $6. How much can you sell them for? And I'm like, like $25. And he's like, $25. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, how much are you going to make? And I'm like, like 12 to $15. And he's like, okay, wait a minute. And he's like, starts adding them up. And he's like, so you're telling me that if you sell all of these that are sitting in your office, that you'll make as much as I do on a paycheck. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Yes, dear. And he's like, and how long is it going to take you to sell them? And I'm like, well, the rank is really low. I think it's only going to take just a few weeks. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And so he's like, Wow. So that was kind of the aha moment for him that he actually saw what I was doing as a business. The wheels are spinning and he gets it. Right. And so we still hadn't really talked about him coming home at that point. And it was a couple months later and I had gotten to where I was making about $4,000 a month in profit. Wow. And he came home one day and he just said, I just can't take it anymore. Like it drains me. I'm feeling stressed and he's young and he's like 24 at the time. And he's like, you know, I feel like it's just draining me. Like I'm, or he was older than that. Sorry. And he's like 26. And so he's like, I just can't be there anymore. And I'm like, don't go back. <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, don't go back. And he's like, okay, well, we still have to pay the bills. And I'm like, I know, but I've got it to where I can replace your income now. And he's like, for reals? And I'm like, yeah, so let's sit down and we put it out on paper. And I showed him how much I was making. And, you know, it was never that I was trying to hide it from him. It was just we didn't need the money. And so I just kept putting it into the business. And I wanted to be able to eventually say that. And so that was kind of what changed for us. And he said, so you really think we can make this work? And I was like, there's no better time. You hate the job. If you quit and it doesn't work, then you can find a different job. But at this point, it was the end of October and we were coming upon fourth quarter. And I said, this is the one time of the year where we can basically make an unlimited amount of income. Right. If we can spend, imagine how much more we could make if it was both of us working full time instead of just me working the very part time that I do when Aiden's asleep. And I said, this is the time of the year that we could really make it. And so he left his job in November and we spent our first fourth quarter working together and we were able to make about $25,000 in profit over the next two months. And that really put us to where we were at a point that we knew we were going to make it the next year because we could cut back enough to live on what we made in those two months. 
And we thought, you know, if sales go down and we just don't make anything, that gives us time if we need to. And the funny thing or the great thing is, is that didn't happen. With both of us working full time, our sales increased every month. And our first year, we did over $300,000 in sales and made over $100,000 in profit. Is the whole thing just surreal to you? Do you just kind of feel like, all right, if we could do this, anybody can do this? Or is there some like secret thing that we're missing here? It really does feel surreal. You just don't ever expect for that to happen. And we haven't really changed a lot about our lifestyle. And to us, it's like now we don't really want to get any bigger. We just, because we've got the system down to where now we can work like one day a week shopping, one day a week shipping. And then sometimes we take two weeks off and then do it again. And we still bring in the same amount of money. And so it's like, We enjoy life so much right now that it doesn't feel real. You know, it's like, I don't know how this happened. But to me, it's like, if we could take my first $800 paycheck and then Cliff could quit at the right time of the year, then anybody can. Yeah, nice. And people come in with the goal of making $100,000 a year or they want to make $100,000 a month or whatever. And it's like, to me, it's like, what do you need to live on? You know, try and make that and then go from there. Well, and even in your case, it's like, even if you just made a hundred dollars, you know, a hundred dollars for some people is just, just a one-time thing could be game changing, you know? So just starting somewhere and kind of building from there. So I've got a couple other questions that we're going to save for the bonus round. One I'm curious about is just for someone that's like, all right, I'm in, how do I do this? What I need to do to get started? We'll talk about that. What some of those next steps would be for someone that's interested in this. But then also I know that you teach some of this as well. So you've got a blog, some different resources and tools. So if we want to find out more about you, where can we go to find it? So we have a blog at thesellingfamily.com, which is where Cliff and I, we kind of share our story about how we ended up just being that family that sells on Amazon. Yeah. So, And we do have some courses and eBooks and things awesome. on there as well. Well, we'll definitely be sure and, and send people over that way. And again, we got a couple other questions for the bonus round, just about how we get started if we wanted to implement this and then maybe some of those mistakes that sellers make in the beginning to uh, that maybe we can avoid. So uh, we'll save those for the bonus round. We'll plan on seeing you over there. Sound good? All right. Sounds good. Awesome. All right, there you go, my friends. Hope you enjoyed that chat with, again, Jessica LaRue. Hope you were encouraged. Hope you were inspired by that. That was really good stuff. Also, make sure that you download the bonus material. If you are interested in selling on Amazon and wondering, like, how do you do this? Where do you get started? Make sure you stop by, you download that, check that out. Really, really good stuff there. You can download that from the link in the show notes and feast on it immediately, right away. Boom. So I think that wraps up this episode. As always, feel free to uh, shoot me an email, grant to grantbalden.com. Let me know what you're chewing on or wrestling with, anything I can do to help you and support you. Also, feel free to hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, face any of those places we're hanging out, Instagram, what are the other? I don't know, wherever. Wherever fine social networks are, there's a decent chance I'll be there. So come say, hey, we'd love to meet up with you. You're awesome. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.